Hello and welcome to SouthPod. So COVID-19 has dominated all of our lives for the past year. And during this time, we've learned a great deal about this virus, but there's still so much that we don't know. And that's why research into how the virus behaves is critical. Almost 100 of our staff from across the Trust are taking part in a major national study to find out more about COVID-19 antibodies and whether having these antibodies in our system will make us immune to the virus. So leading this research team for the Trust is Dr. Angel Bullis, consultant microbiologist. Angel, you're very welcome back to SouthPod. So firstly, tell us about this study. This study is looking at whether having antibodies to COVID prevents future infection from COVID. What we are hoping to do is recruit healthcare workers into the study. We know they're more at risk of COVID and follow them over time to see whether you can get COVID again or you know whether having certain types of antibodies prevents future infection. So lots of things with COVID being a new virus, lots of questions that we want to address that this study will really help answer. Is it only frontline staff, Angel, that can sign up to take part? You don't have to be frontline patient facing, but you do have to work on site where patients are present. And you would also have to be able to be in the study for a year. So the staff will be followed up for a year. So we would ask that they work on site where patients are present and are likely to be doing so for one year. And do they have to have had coronavirus to to sign up or not? No, you don't have to have had coronavirus, but actually people who have had COVID, that is, uh, we would really encourage them to join because we know they're more likely to have antibodies. So it does enrich the study, but it's not a requirement. So whether you've had COVID or not, and indeed whether you've had the vaccine or not, we would like you to enrol in the study. Is it particular groups of staff, Angel, that you're you're looking to recruit or? We've had a lot of interest in the study already and we have 88 staff already enrolled and we will probably reach 100 by the the end of the week. We have found that certain groups are underrepresented and we would like to encourage them to enrol. Um, So men, BAME staff and also staff in support roles such as supporters, catering staff, admin staff. So we would like to encourage them in particular to enrol. And if, if they do sign up, what, what is the commitment? What will they have to do throughout the study? Staff who are interested, the first step would be to contact one of the people in our research team. They will go through the eligibility criteria. And if you're eligible, they will send you an email with an enrolment questionnaire and a link to ask study number and passcode. Once you've completed the consent form, you'll be invited for an appointment at our staff testing pod and you will get a blood test to look for antibodies and a swab test to look for COVID by PCR. The the swab test will be every two weeks for the year and the blood test will be every four weeks over the year period. And the only time when that changes is if you actually become positive within the study, you will get the blood test every two weeks for an eight week period. And also then every two weeks, you'll be sent a questionnaire and it's it's very quick, two or three minutes, a few questions, whether you've had symptoms in the past two weeks. And you can either get that by text or email. 
I actually enrolled in the study myself and um, it, it really, it's not a time consuming thing. Um, it's very quick and from being enrolled, I, I have found the, the team and the staff testing pod and it's all, it's a very efficient process. Why do you require both the swab and the blood test? What information do, does this give you? So the, the swab tells us whether someone has COVID at that point in time, whereas the blood test looks at antibodies, which looks at previous exposure. So um, they're both giving different pieces of information that when used together will um, help us answer those questions and look at how the virus spreads, also how the virus changes over time and how an individual's antibody level might change over time and whether there are different types of antibodies, whether certain antibodies mean that you're less likely to be reinfected. It'll also help us look at whether characteristics of the individual mean that they are more or less likely to be reinfected. Um, it will help us see whether people who have a more severe illness or have a particular strain of the virus. There's a lot of talk now about the different strains and how the characteristics of different viruses mean that it may cause uh, is a more transmissible virus, whether it's a more virulent virus causing more severe illness. Also then with the, with the swab test, the, the reason that we do that every two weeks is there may be instances where somebody is positive for a prolonged period of time. If someone is positive, there may be um, within the study able to see if we can actually grow that virus to explore the genetic material um, in more depth as well. So both bits of, of the testing provide um, different bits of information. And it's all helping us to put together the jigsaw then of, of what we need to know about this virus. Do we have any idea in, in terms of immunity, do we expect the immune response to be similar to other coronaviruses? And if so, what are the implications of this then for vaccination programs like we're seeing at the moment? With a new virus in a population that has no prior immunity to that particular virus, the virus it's an ideal situation for a virus to spread in. With time, as we have more people getting natural infection and have more people being vaccinated, we would expect that the virus then will be in a less ideal situation to spread so it's, it's all adding to both natural immunity from infection and immunity from vaccination. Both of those will, we expect, reduce the ability of the virus, virus to spread through the population. So in terms, of, um, in terms of immunity and how we develop antibodies, what do, the role of an antibody in our bodies, what does it do? What is its job? Whenever we become infected with the virus, and develop antibodies. There are antibodies then that we expect would stay in the system so that if you're re-exposed to the virus, they remember the type of blood cell that's needed to fight that virus. And so you would expect that on re-exposure that you then either wouldn't have a, a clinical illness or that it would be less severe than the first encounter with the virus or you know, no symptoms at all. But again, there are different types of antibodies and different people will develop different levels of antibodies. 
and sustain them for different periods of time. So the study should help us answer more of the questions about which antibodies are protective, how long do they last for, and do they then reduce your chance of being reinfected and developing any symptoms? These are questions that we all want the answers to. Is, is there any other important information that you expect this research to tell us about COVID and how it's going to develop or evolve within the population? It will give us information on what, what proportion of our healthcare workers have been exposed and understand how the virus has spread you know, through our healthcare workers and, and through our population. By measuring the antibody levels, we can see how the levels change over time and what different types of antibodies may be present. We should get more information on risk factors, who's most at risk, you know, um, in terms of age or uh, ethnicity or, or other factors. It will help us understand how the virus evolves over time and explore those changes in the virus genetic material. And it will also help in in terms of the vaccine, because all of the healthcare workers are being offered vaccine, it will also help enrich the data in terms of vaccine efficacy and help answer those questions as to, you know, how many doses of vaccine and whether in future we may need revaccinated. So it really will enrich all of the data around all of that. We hope to have some preliminary data from the SARIN study out in the next number of weeks. So do keep an eye out for that. But the full study will be running um, until next March, so March 2022 for the final data. But there will be interim results coming out from this study imminently. Which that'll be that'll be fascinating to see that even the preliminary data start to come through. So you've you've already got huge numbers, Angel, taking part in this research, but um, there are there is space for other volunteers to come forward. So remind us again, how do people sign up if they want to? So if you are interested in participating, if you contact a member of the research team through there is a Saren um, email address, Saren at southerntrust.hscni.net. One of the research nurses will respond to you on that email and be in contact to go through eligibility. So, so that's the first step. Also, there is a participant information leaflet. If anyone wants more information, that can be provided as well. That's super. Angel, thank you very much indeed for, for speaking to us about the important SARIN study. And I suppose thanks as well to all of our staff who are already participating you know, not only are they seeing firsthand the devastating impact of this virus on our patients, um, but they're now supporting science um, and approving our understanding of this virus and hopefully one day helping us to defeat it. So, Angel, thank you. Thank you.